Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here as always with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. What are everybody? Uh, on this week's episode we'll be uh, taking a look at a couple of the bigger news stories from around the league for the uh, last couple of weeks and also starting our AFC previews by looking at the AFC North to see how the uh, the likes of the Steelers, Bengals, Ravens and Browns might get on in the upcoming 2017 season. First off, we've both been uh, a little bit under the weather the last uh, couple of weeks, haven't we G? How are you, how are you feeling today? I'm coping. It's warm, and I'm sort of powered by steroids until we figure out what's going on. But I'm surviving, and I'm yeah. and I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Chief? Uh, yeah, better than I was a couple of days ago. It's uh, yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, let's get on with the uh, with the news. The uh, first piece of news we're going to have a look at this week uh, revolves around Carolina, and no, it's not about their uh, their GM that was uh, let go this week. Um, it's their uh, their approach to uh, Cam Newton's safety and their uh, and their passing. Cam Newton uh, was 44th in the NFL's top 100 list uh, this year. More on that in a little bit um, he's known for taking some big hits but also for, for getting himself out of, of difficult situations through scrambling as well coach Ron Rivera said that he wants the, the offence to help him a bit more this season uh, and get the ball out of his hands a bit quicker uh, he says he thinks that this is possible uh, due to the new the new rookies the running back Christian McCaffrey and uh, wide receiver Curtis Samuel it's always uh, exciting to see Cam Newton scrambling but uh, what, what do you think G do you think they, they, they need something to, to protect him a bit more I think I think they will do just because uh, although he runs like like a running back and, and he's one of the few quarterbacks that actually runs as as, as a power runner yeah. the problem with that is that you just expose him to hits that quarterbacks don't take and there's so much money tied up in the position there's so much other things going on but I, I don't think it's sustainable for a long long career and the, he was clearly being targeted last season not as in sort of bounty gate you know trying to knock him out although there were some questions about hits to head but more just in terms of, of we're going to put a body on him and make 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 him, him pay essentially for, for running up the middle and so I think when you watch the performance of last year you think yeah we've got to protect our investment and do more to give him options whether he'll be able to find those um, uh, those sort of short dump off yeah. passes is a different thing entirely well, that's it. I mean, he's put this kind of in his in his press conference. He kind of put it squarely on a couple of rookies, didn't he? Those, like I say, Christian McCaffrey and and uh, Curtis Samuel. It's, it's quite a lot of pressure to put on them, isn't it? It's certainly a, a big thing, particularly given that that when we've seen of Cam, he's basically thrown downfield to big, speedy receivers. Or he's run the ball, and they've done like quite an elaborate power running game, and they had a lot, a lot of options for that, particularly in the year when they went to the Super Bowl. And so, yeah, you're, you're bringing in new aspects to your um, offense. You have to learn it quickly, and bearing in mind that they will also probably have to, when they're not catching passes, be effective in um, pass protection, or they're going to have real problems if they're on the field. And yeah, we, it, it can take a while for players to adjust to the NFL and, and more complex schemes and, and fast stuff. So yeah, there is quite a lot riding on it if this is a big tactic that they're planning to implement this season. It's a big, quite a big statement as well to say that he's he's obviously planning on uh, on starting those guys. Yeah, I mean. The flip side of that is that you can do things with um, with a tight end. Obviously, they have Greg Olson who plays virtually every snap, so yeah. they can also do more in running sort of ins and outs with him to give him as a lower option. So you know there are some scheming options, but they obviously felt that they needed more more different players than they have currently, and, and that it was obviously a real focus for them to to attack this in this draft. Mm. Well, before we before we move on, while we're in Carolina, it might as well uh, we might as well look at the uh, the GM. Another another pod, another GM fired by the looks of things. So, uh, Dave Gettleman this week has been uh, been let go. 
I find that really surprising, and I'm not sure what's been going on. I must admit, I'm kind of out the loop on this one. But I, 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 apart from the issues with the secondary last season, which I think you can put on him, he seemed to have a very much a plan, and they they seem to be sticking to it, and largely it being successful. Or it could be to do with the whole Josh Norman saga and the fact that they franchise tagged him and then sort of removed the tag and let him go, and they weren't happy with the way that was dealt with. But it's curious timing, to say the least. Although at least now is the time where everybody's off and they can you know rejig the staff and line up for a run at next year yeah there's, a, there's an interim uh, gm marty marty herney has been uh, been put in place i don't know if you know anything anything about him not particularly i assume he will be internal and it seemed like a well-run yeah. club so but but again if they had issues with gettleman then you would have thought that they'd have had issues with people you know that work for him unless around you know, him, there's yeah. been a, yeah across briefing or something so i think that's that's a situation to watch over the coming weeks and see if we hear any more news coming out yeah maybe a little bit more in a couple of weeks um We'll move on then. Uh, let's have a look at another another quarterback. So uh, Johnny Manziel, uh, remember, remember him? Um, he's uh, he says he's, he's been speaking to a few teams about a return to the league this year. He was uh, he was the first pick of the 2014 draft, uh, but he failed to really live up to his potential and was uh, was released by the Browns in March 2016 uh, following substance and, and legal uh, some, sorry substance abuses uh, and legal issues. But uh, he's, he's not touched the ball since December 2015. He does say he's, he's really missed football. Um, it's he's indicated that he's learned just how important it is to him to work hard. Uh, and get his place in the league back, uh, and he was also seen over over Super Bowl weekend talking to Sean Payton as well of the uh, of the Saints. Um, there's there's a few cities I think who could do with it with with at the very least a decent number two at quarterback. Firstly, do, do you think he's going to be worth the risk for a team to go for him? I think it depends what level of risk, and this feels like the wrong time of year. I think this is the kind of player that you sign to a very low contract right at the Early. sort of like early so you yeah. can get him into OTAs and see what's going on if, if it would feel weird to bring him in to training camp I, I mean the other thing that if he's really serious about this and it's a well-trodden path particularly for quarterbacks is his rights are held by I can't remember the name of the team but um Jeff Reinbold who does a lot of the sort of coach color commentary um for the states particularly when the Canadian Football League is finished um actually coaches for the Canadian Football League and I know that the team he's with who I'm blanking on the name of have his draft rights you know if he was really committed to it I'm sure they'd jump at the chance to have him come up and train with them and play and he would not be the first quarterback who'd struggled in the NFL gone up demonstrated he was committed and can play in the CFL and then come back down come back again down. yeah yeah well I suppose it would make sense who, who do you think realistically within the NFL could could be tempted to take that risk this year the obvious team for me even though they didn't do the similar thing with Kaepernick because he was the starter but he because he's again a scrambling quarterback it might make sense for the Seattle to look at it because I'm still not convinced at who they have as backup for for Russell Wilson but um you know anybody who's got a scrambling quarterback, or just anybody who's who's really struggling. I mean, you know, would you not think the Jets might oh, need Jet, a Corby? Jets would be absolutely my my choice if I was to say that what that a team would go for him. Yeah, I'm just not sure with with that media that'd be a good idea. I think you'd want someone you know relatively quiet, possibly progressive, hence why Seattle might work. That would you know prepare to invest and give him a chance to be. Because to be honest, the real thing for me right now is not necessarily football. But is is he got his life together and is he healthy? Because he was going down a dark path, and if he football was. can help him come back from that, then that's a good thing. But you know, I, I'd be wary about putting too much pressure on an addict. What about the Saints? If obviously if Sean Payton was was talking to him over Super Bowl weekend, what what do you reckon? Sitting him behind Drew Brees and learn. I mean, you know, certainly there'd be. You know, 
Good one to learn from. Yeah, I was just about to say, as a mentor for for a quarterback, you know, Drew Brees would certainly be one that would have his ear instantly, you'd hope, um, if he had any sense and could show him how to be a professional and he's known for doing it. So, yeah, that would would definitely work. Mm. It's one one to keep an eye on, I think, see where he uh, he could land. I I believe me, I'm fairly certain that if something happens, we'll hear about it. Uh, Yes, I think think we probably will. One uh, one thing that uh, that caught my eye over the uh, over the weekend while I was while I was in my in my sick bed over the weekend I was uh, having a little peruse of NFL.com. One thing that, uh, that that did catch my eye was was another list. Uh, and we're going to talk about a couple of lists today. Um, first one is is Bill Bill Belichick. Um, obviously well known as as one of the greatest head coaches in the league. He's certainly one of the most sec- uh, most successful. Um, He's been in the league for like, as a head coach for, for 20 seasons between the Browns and the Patriots. Uh, he had some really great players playing under him. The NFL.com uh, put together a bit of a list of, of, of the best. I'll put a, again, I'll put a link on the, uh, on the Twitter uh, to, the, uh, to the, uh, the, the actual list itself. So that'll be at, at TWF Dan. Uh, and I would imagine at Wrong Football G. Uh, I'm sure you'll get a retweet, retweet, <laughs> a retweet from me. Um, but there's some there's some absolutely fantastic names in the, in, and some fantastic talent in the team. Have you had a chance to have a look at it? You, who, who are your favourites amongst the? I did uh, the have list? Potter fr- through, and it was fun. I did also think it was interesting. Obviously, he had like a 20 year um, NFL assistant career. And yes, sort yeah. of, you know, it was with the Giants. I'm, I can't remember the timings, but you know, there would be some other seriously good, if not Hall of Fame players that he'd had over the years. But just going through the head coach bits and pieces, you know, obviously you got Brady and um, Welker and Randy Moss are sort of like the obvious ones yeah um, you know Edelman mentioned the fun one for me was Corey Dillon who yeah. basically he got one season out of and then he flamed out a bit but he was such a great player for the was, Bengals and yeah. one of those ones where I was just happy to see him having run so hard and being such a good player for the Bengals and through such difficult times to see him go off and actually get uh, his Super Bowl ring I was really pleased about that one so, so you mm. know from a personal Bengals fan no, that was it. And then there was a lot of recent players and Logan Mankins who went off. And, and I, I quite liked that there was a Browns player that made made the starting group as as, as for, on the offensive line. So yeah, right, right tackle, tackle. Lando Brown. And but there's just so many names if you go through it. But, and yeah. a, f- a few of them, I would you know, I, uh, there's a bunch that I would reckon would make the. Um, um, Hall of Fame, just like the straight Hall of Fame, and then there'll be another bunch that you know are huge favourites for, for Patriots fans in the majority, apart from, apart from one safety again for the Browns and then the punter. But yeah, mm. it's 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 an interesting list. Was there any that sort of jumped out at you? Um, well, it's I mean there was like you say, there's there's a lot of on there in there that are, that are fairly obvious. I think I think Edelman putting Edelman in there is a, is a good thing. Obviously, he's uh, he's 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 done really well in the last certainly in the last few seasons. Um, I. I'm not sure. Now I don't know who he's up against. Gronkowski. Yeah. I think there's. I'm sure they've had better tight ends than, than Rob Gronkowski. There's there's an awful lot of people would say that he's the best go, best tight end to play the game, or at least would have a serious argument if he can yeah. make it. So a, a lot of I, I find would. it's a curious statement for you to make. I'd be interested to hear who you. I don't know. There, I, are, there are a couple round the league that I might put up against him, but I'm not sure I'd I'd put anyone. In, that leaps to mind from the Patriots. I just, I don't know. Or the just, Browns for that. Just matter. something in my head says that, that they've had somebody better. But I, I can't, off the top of my head, think who, for the life of me, who who they would have been. But okay, well, your homework for the next couple of weeks is go research Do Patriots tight ends and Browns what? tight ends and see if you can come up with a convincing um, argument for <laughs> someone overtaking Rob Gronkowski. What a lovely and, thing for a Dolphins fan to do. 
and you know you're not allowed to include Aaron Hernandez. No, fair enough. Um, is, is there anyone in there that that's inclusion surprises you, Jay? Um, not really. I mean, because Gil Brandt does know his stuff, and you know, I was pretty familiar with pretty much all the names, barring the Brown safety. I must confess, is not one that instantly leapt to mind. You're joking. Um, you're not a bit, not a big Eric Turner fan. Yes, <laughs> ninety-one to ninety-five. That was a bit too specialised for me. I will confess, yeah. but um, particularly when you've got the likes of Patrick Chung playing for them currently. Um, yeah. But you know, I would trust Gil Brandt over my over my analysis. You know, in this instance, I'm glad I'm glad Adam Vinatieri is in there because I think he's he's probably the the best kick of the game scene, let alone the Patriots. Yeah. Certainly, yeah, it's, it's a pretty incredible career he's had. Yeah, definitely, that's it. And and is it is it carrying on or is he uh, is he just retired? I I haven't heard anything. I think he's still mm, going. He's probably still going then. Um, well, let's have a look at the uh, the last list of the uh, of the of, of the uh, of this week. Then um, it's the one that I've been been meaning to cover for a few, for a few weeks. But the NFL have been dragging it on and dragging it on, and then released the last bit about ten minutes before we recorded the last podcast, which was annoying. Um, the, uh, this time it's the uh, the NFL's top hundred players of twenty sixteen finally completed. The annual, annual uh, list drawn up by the league's writers uh, of the top hundred players for the previous year. Uh, this year's top ten. Number 10, uh, Matt Ryan, uh, quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Number 9, Le'Veon Bell, running back for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Odell Beckham Jr. at 8, wide receiver for the New York Giants. Ezekiel Elliott at number 7, running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers at 6, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Khalil Mack, number 5, linebacker for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Antonio Brown was at number 4, uh, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another wide receiver at uh, number 3 is Julio Jones, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Von Miller as number two for the Denver Broncos, and then uh, number one is Tom Brady, quarterback of the uh, New England Patriots. He's he's up a position from last year. There you go. I could I could do the uh, I could do the chart show, couldn't I? Um, it's an interesting list, isn't it? JJ Watt um, still made it to number thirty-five despite only playing a, a kind of handful of games in twenty sixteen. And last year's number one, as I mentioned earlier, Cam Newton uh, was was at forty-fourth this year. Is there again similar question to the, to the last list? I suppose is there anyone in that list who, who, whose position particularly surprises you? Am I allowed to say that this list is a nonsense? Yes, because the other list was fun and was picked through, and there was like an overalling fashion, and we might pick up one or two players, but you know it was interesting and coherent. This list, voted by players, uh, I struggle is it, is with it. it. I mean, by players. Met... I thought it was a writers' thing. No, it's voted uh. on by players, and 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 so it's who who they're a playing contest, against. And... Well, there is a large element of that. I mean, you'll notice that there weren't any too many large men. I mean. Particularly, the interesting for me is that you've got Von Miller listed very high, and he's an incredible player. No issue with that. You've got Khalil Mack um, listed very high, um, and again, incredible player. I've not got a huge problem with that. But how how Aaron Donald is not on this list? Yes, yeah. In the top ten, if those two are up there, I have no freaking he clue. Was, he was the one that, uh, that, that that stuck out to me. And JJ Watt was busy saying that he didn't, you know, he couldn't understand his placement. I didn't play last season. I can't remember the tweet exactly, but it was basically like, what are you thinking? And so <laughs> it's interesting. And I know why they drag it out because um, the NFL wants to keep their sport as a year round thing. But yeah, it's not, it's not the most interesting list, if you see what I mean. I think they probably broadly get the right players, but I think there could be a lot of argument about um, positions. Yeah, it's uh, quite big to see a. Uh, I suppose, uh, well, probably less so now. I know it's voted by players. It's uh, quite big to see a, uh, a rookie in there in the top ten. 
I mean, Ezekiel Elliott just had such a year, and yeah. you know he racked up so many lines, sort of so many lines, so many yards. But obviously, he was a really good running back. But he had a hell of a running, you know, an offensive line to run behind. So yeah. Yeah, I, I takes, I do sometimes take these things with a bit of a pinch of salt. Yes, I think I think I, I think I shall be going forward. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> so, just because I like to every now and again um, upset Dan's life and ruin his podcast producing, I'm bringing <laughs> my own little piece of news, which is we've just had passing the deadline for players to sign new contracts or whether they have to sign their franchise tender ah. and it passed with Kirk Cousins yes. not signing a new contract and so he's going to be playing under the franchise tag this year this is Again. the second year in a row that he's had it it's I think the, ta- the number is something like 24 million um, and basically it looks like that he has decided to that as the Washington haven't given him a number that he's happy with that he's going to play out the year He's going to make something like forty-two million over the last two seasons, so it's not a huge problem. And because of the injury risk with quarterbacks, it sort of makes sense. And the strong suggestion for most commentators is that he's going to hit free agency next year. The Washington could um, tag him for a third time, but the number would leap to something like thirty-two million. That's huge. Yeah. So, um, and it's basically, I think he's not entirely sure about the way Washington is run, the future of the coach, and. I mean, lots of people have been making the assumption that he is going, uh, angling to go to San Francisco, and if he's a free agent and they prepare to offer him money, and he can go with the, the coordinator who um, really loved that, that could be a possibility. Yeah. We shall have to see. But I, I did find it interesting that um, with all that's been going on and the changes in the front office at Washington, that they didn't get a deal. But that's probably because they screwed it up two years when they didn't, you know, it signed the extension before. And, and, give him a number that um, he thought would do, would do and so they franchised him the first time and still not being paid any more than uh, than Derek Carr <laughs> okay so it's the start of our AFC preview and we're going to uh, we're going to start in the north and, uh, and because of that the Claxon is going to be fully absolutely well charged and ready to go um, <laughs> Last year it finished the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers eleven and five. They were top of the uh, that division. Uh, Baltimore Ravens were eight and eight. Cincinnati Bengals were six nine and one. And the Cleveland Browns at the foot of the table were at one and fifteen. Um, so let's go through in that order. Then Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, with the exception of four uh, four game blip in the mid season, they uh, they won almost all of their games last season, uh, making it uh, all the way through to the AFC Championship game where they uh, they lost seventeen thirty six to the New England Patriots. Um, it was a pretty dominant season from from Roethlisberger. Uh, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown on offense. Um, the franchise tagged Le'Veon Bell this year, haven't they? Which uh, which makes sense, I suppose, given their given their rushing dominance last season. How do you, how do you think they've uh, they've done uh, in their roster changes in the in the off season so far? I was worried about their defense about a season and a half ago, but it seems to be really coming together, and they've really focused on it. They've transitioned in style from what Dick LeBeau was doing and mm. doing a bit more aggressive with what the um, defensive linemen do in that three-four scheme. So they're getting to to make more plays rather than just eating blocks, which is very much what they did under under LeBeau's system. And so I think generally it's coming together really well I think the reason that they franchise tagged Le'Veon Bell is that as of yet I don't think he's made a full season between suspension and injury and so I think they just want to get a a full season out of him and, and demonstrate that he can do it before they pay him the big money that he's got they actually drafted a rookie running back a lot of people liked it was quite a long sort of deep draft and whilst I don't think you're ever going to get necessarily get Levy on Bell production you know, I, I do wonder if there's a bit of a succession plan which is something the Steelers do like to do if they can't if the numbers get for, for Levy and Bell 
too big for a position that they worry about, particularly with the longevity of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they while they looked quite dominant last year at the end at the end of last season, the, the last four games were all won by by less than a touchdown. So they were they were entering some really really close games. Do you think they're uh, they're going to start this year as, as they finish last year? I know you obviously there you mentioned about their uh, their defense. I have a lot of respect for the Steelers, um, and one of the reasons I'm less hostile to them than most Bengals fans is obviously I don't live in Ohio, so I don't have the whole <laughs> you know water cooler at work thing going on when the Steelers win. Um, much as it's frustrating to lose to them, and I do think that they'll they'll come back strong this year because, as I say, along with a defense that's really coming together, they'll have Martavius Bryant back this year, and if he can keep himself out of trouble, he gives them sort of real depth options in terms of someone who can stretch the field. And, and with that passing attack around Ben Roethlisberger and that actually that, that they've got one of the better offensive lines that doesn't have players that necessarily are shouted about when you hear offensive line, line um, conversations going on but is one of the better units in the league and so yeah um, I think the Steelers will be the team to beat in the AFC North this year yeah um, Baltimore Ravens they, they had a losing season in 2015 they, they took a bit of a step forward with a .500 season in 2016 not a huge step admittedly um, John Harbaugh's men started the uh, they started the season at 3-0 and uh, but after they uh, they lost the la- their uh, next four they struggled to pick up much uh, and, and get their form back um, finishing with a couple of uh, divisional losses which uh, saw them 8-8 eight and, eight and, uh, and missing out on the playoffs so uh, Five five and eleven in two thousand and fifteen, eight and eight in twenty sixteen. They're, they're going to be uh, looking to put another foot forward this year, aren't they? And um, really try and push to get their their place back in the playoffs. Yeah, they lost a lot of close games last season. Yeah, they did. Uh, it, they lost, and and it feels like they spent a lot of time focusing on the the defense and and just trying to polish that up so that they don't have so many problems problems with that. The curious thing for me is that it feels like. Whilst the defense hasn't been on the level as 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 some of the defenses we know when Ray Lewis and Ed Reed was there, it's still been good. And it feels to me like they've been hamstrung by the contract that they gave Joe Flacco, and he just won the quarterback. Won the quarterback. He just won the Super Bowl, and there's a quarterback in the market. You can see why they had to give him a big deal, but it feels like they've had to let too many players go, and he's not really played up to it. And You'd like to see more of a running game and a more of a passing attack. And he had such a special run that season and through the playoffs. And I, I do feel that whilst I can see what they're doing with the defense, work needs to happen on the offense to make them truly, truly competitive with Steelers and Steelers. And you know, they are competitive with the Bengals, but we'll get to them in a second. <laughs> well, they've, they've picked up some some fairly good signings in the offseason. Brandon uh, Carr from the Cowboys, Danny Woodhead from the Chargers, uh, Jeremy Macklin as well from the Chiefs, amongst others. That's going to put them in pretty good position, I would say, for the for the next year, won't it? They've also, I'm, I'm fairly certain they've picked up Greg Roman, um, well-known um, running offensive coordinator specialist, who to help them in the running game. So I think that might be something that they'll focus on. And it's it's an interesting collection collection of free agents. I mean, I'm not a big believer of it. Danny Woodhead, I like, but I worry about the injuries. But I think coming out the backfield, he might give them something. Jeremy Macklin actually um, gives them something different as a yeah. receiver, and that will be very interesting to see. But I think so much of this rests on whether Joe Flacco can can raise his game in a regular season a level or two. Yeah, he needs to. I think if they if they're going to get that uh, get that, that and he's by no back. means a bad quarterback. And it's uh, it's just one of those funny ones. You don't hear a lot of comment about him. I feel like if Andy Dalton played how Joe, Joe Flacco had for a couple of last years, the the press would be all over him. 
And yeah. obviously, he's won, not only has he won um, and playoff games, but he's won a Super Bowl. But yeah. this is a what have you done for me lately, lately league. And I do think that maybe more questions will be asked if if, if things don't happen again this season. Mm. Well, uh, moving on to on to your guys. Let's uh, let's have a look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you don't need to tell you how how disappointing the season was for for the Bengals last year. And <laughs> um, it's the first time for a few years that the Bengals have finished on on a losing season. Um, they won only you won only two games in a row once uh, all season, uh, and, and despite a pretty solid season from Andy Dalton, you, you really struggled to put points on the board throughout the season, didn't you? Um, Marvin Lewis has, has somehow managed to keep his job, um, and there's, there's there's some pretty pretty wholesale changes to the roster. How, how you? I know you've well, you kind of you know you did a blog about it a, a few months ago. How are you feeling about it now? Now things are settled in a little bit. I'm still quite conflicted. I'll be honest. I mean, yeah. a lot of that is to do with um, um, the drafting of um, the running back who shall not be named. <laughs> um, it's not quite that bad. He hasn't done anything recently, but it's just. I really struggle because how am I meant to support a man who laid out a woman like that in a coffee shop? And, and so I, I'm sort of having conflicted feelings about my team anyway. In terms of giving like a cool, calm, professional assessment. Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> AJ Green was very um, injured last season. We had horrible problems on the offensive line. Um, that could be interesting because we let Andrew Whitworth go and we get Kevin Zeitler go. And the big problem was Ogbui on the right tackle. He's moving back to the left tackle. He's been training in MMA, and there's lots of talk about you know his confidence better. And he's, this is the first season he's actually had the opportunity to do a full preseason of work and work on his technique. Mm. However, we don't know anything until pads go on, and it's a big if that we've got suddenly two new right tackles and a new right guard who okay is a re-signed Bengals player, um, but Andre Smith has never played right guard before, and so that's a huge change. And I think there's a huge amount of that of how the season go is running on that because they've once again loaded up on receivers and on running backs and they're giving Andy Dalton the options in the offense but it's whether the, the line give, keeps him upright I think will probably determine a lot of how the season goes Yeah you mentioned a couple of seconds ago about some of the more controversial uh, points of the uh, of your draft this year how, how do you think the rest of your, uh, your draft uh, lineup is going to uh, benefit the team? I think they really focused on speed on both offense and defense I think that uh, I worry slightly about his injury history but John Ross is just going to take the top off, off of defenses and you're not going to be able to shade the coverage so much to AJ Green if you've got John Ross on the other side because he's just going to go by you yeah. um, they've actually picked up another um, receiver later on in the fourth round I think who looks to be like another size speed candidate and you've got um players from last season's draft and I, I, I like the receiving court um, and, but this thing also happened on defence uh, there was a lot of, of excitement about one of the pass rushes we picked up we've young, um, got younger and faster at both um, defensive tackle and linebacker and so you think hopefully with staff staying together on defence which should help and an infusion of youth and energy that defence might come up a level and I'm, I'm more hopeful about the defense than I am the offense because the, the, the offensive line worries me. Yeah, no, it, it, I can I can see why. I can but, see the plan. They drafted bookend tackles two years ago, yeah. and the, the amount of money that, that was paid to Whitworth and Kevin Zeichler, I understand why they didn't do it. I might have tried to keep Zeichler because sometimes paying a bit of money for continuity on the offensive line is a good idea. Mm. Um, I can understand not paying Whitworth for two seasons, but you know, there's a lot riding on a re- very raw, reconfigured line this year. 
Yeah. Well, before we uh, get before we're accused of being uh, being biased, let's move on uh, to the, the 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 poor old Cleveland Browns. The poor old Browns not only uh, they didn't not only propped up the division, but also the uh, well the whole league in 2016. Uh, they won only one game uh, in in week 16 against the uh, the Chargers. Uh, so 2017 sees a, a bit of a a bit of a need for a serious rebuild in Cleveland. Um, one position of particular frustration, I suppose, was the, the quarterback position. Um, last year, they, they had about 43 players who had to go throwing the ball throughout the season. Um, they've, they've picked up Brock Osweiler in the, uh, from the Texans in the off-season. Um, he, he's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, is he? Do you think he's going to do a, do a job in Cleveland? Do you think he'll do well? I think that that was purely a canny move that we discussed earlier on about um, a salary dump for the Texans mm. and a gap getting picks and future assets. If he turns into something, and there has been some 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 talk about the fact that he's shown better than they were expecting in the off-season, but I, I don't think they have anything invested in him particularly being good. What they've done is continued their, their process of stacking up lots of players, lots of picks, and building youth... I still worry a little bit about the locker room and the amount of losing they did last season and what kind of tone it sets yeah, in the locker room. The mentality. But I love the approach. I think it think that they'd had they tried doing it so many traditional ways and it had not worked and I've seen this work in the NBA and in baseball and I actually genuinely think that they're going to be more competitive this year. They've spent in free agency and strengthened the offensive line. We talked, I think, in the last podcast about the, the, the concept of trying to build your team and adding a quarterback yeah. when you have the other pieces. So yeah. that rather than focusing on getting your franchise quarterback and getting killed behind a, behind a, a rocky line and, and, and not helping him, getting the team into a position where you can get your franchise player. And if you've got all the players in place already, then you can afford to maybe take a couple more chances and move up to get your player. And I, I genuinely think that the Browns will be much more competitive. They may even win a few more games. It's not wow. going to be a winning season. Season. I don't think they're going to play 500 football, but genuinely, as a Browns fan, I think you have have hope, and that's the first time you've had that in a long time. Crazy. What else do you uh, do you like about what they've done in the off season to uh, to strengthen? It's mainly about the young players they've brought in. I like what they've done with the offensive line. Also, um, you noticed that Greg Williams, he of the sweary appearance in. <laughs> in all or nothing for the Rams has come yes. over as defensive coordinator um, I, I feel like that he could have a good impact uh, certainly um, with their with the, the pass rusher they got at the top of the, the top of the draft and I think they played the draft brilliantly because they got the players they wanted they got multiple first round picks and, and how they managed to you know they stuck to the guns and picked the best player and I think that they really did well because I was not that impressed with quarterbacks so I think yeah. that that coming together is going to really benefit them yeah well go on then what's the uh, what, what do you think who's going to win the AFC North this year and, and no, no being biased I think it's going to be the Steelers. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But I think the Bengals will be more competitive than many people think. I think it'll be a bit closer between them and the Ravens. I, I think it'll be close between the Ravens, the Bengals and the Steelers, but I think the Steelers have it by a head. With, but it will be tough games because it always is. And I think the Browns will muddy the waters because I think it will be competitive and they may well take games out, out of other teams in the division this year. Standard AFC North fare then. <laughs> yes and no, because if the Browns become competitive, then there's four good teams in there and then it's going to become a bloodbath. <laughs> the ball is loose. It's a fair bill. 
Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've uh, liked what you've heard, please do remember to give us a like and a subscribe, and also a review if possible through uh, whatever uh, medium you procure your podcasts. It does help us to uh, get into as many ears as we possibly can, uh, which is which is always a good thing. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with a roundup of the news uh, between now and then. And we're also going to uh, be heading south to take a look at the prospects for the Texans, the Titans, the Colts, and the Jaguars in the AFC South in 2017. Uh, in the meantime, check out the wrongfootball.com for more from the mind of G and. Remember, if you uh, do want to get in touch with us, you can either drop us an email to twfpodcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdam. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks.